This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! How you doing, AT? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, first of all, guys, I hope everybody's safe. You know, first and foremost, I, I just talked to a buddy in Tennessee. Now, he lives outside the city, so it's a little bit different. He said he's been stuck in his house under snow and ice since Sunday. Mm. Sunday, people, Sunday. I don't know how, you know, that's a long time. To, I don't care how big the house is, that's a long time to be stuck. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, it is cloudy and it'll be drizzly all weekend. But, you know, we're still in the 50s. We're doing okay. Um but I hope everybody's safe over there. So, not saying it's a brag. I'm just saying it because it's a Well, the power is mostly held out throughout the state. So we've at least been able That's to good. keep the television on and watch sports and, and stay as, as warm as possible and get the fire going. So we all watched Arkansas uh, pick up their first SEC win against A&M. Buzzer beater by Tremont Mark. Uh, you know, you, you got to be worried if you if you blow a twenty point lead, even if you win a ball game. A win is a win, and that's one thing. But we're hoping that that is going to be a turning point, and I guess we'll have some semblance of an idea tomorrow against South Carolina. Carolina's had a good season so far. I'm, why do they have only four conference wins last year? They already have two. So Lamont Paris has that program sort of turned around right in two years. Yeah, I you know all I would say about tomorrow. Um, I do think it's sort of a must-win for Arkansas because, you know, I look at this league, guys, and we might have talked about it last week. I can't remember. But watching this league, I think, and I said this on social media the other day, I think this is the year where we are really seeing NIL and the portal flatten things out where I watch the Big 12 on most nights, and it's like, you know, Houston was ranked in the top 10. They lost back-to-back road games. You know, Kansas lost to Central Florida. You know, the, the, the SEC is much the same. LSU finished in last place last year. They already have three league wins. Ole Miss already has three league wins. I don't see much of a gap between the top and the bottom of these leagues. And so I do think South Carolina is probably in the bottom half of the SEC. And this game is at home. And so, you know, you, you, you don't want to talk about must win in January. But I think this is kind of must win for Arkansas because the schedule is going to get tougher. Some of those, you know, first of all, the bad teams aren't as bad, and I think some of those those good teams obviously await the Tennessees, Alabamas, et cetera. So this one, to me, feels like a must-win. Got to get the W against South Carolina tomorrow. Hey, Aaron, does does Auburn have the type of team that can win the SEC regular season title this year? I actually, it's a great question, Matt. I actually think they're uniquely built to win the SEC regular season because they play a ton of dudes. And, you know, you look at, at any team, you know, I mean, Arkansas really only play, you know, when, when Musk gets his guys, they'll only play six or seven. You know, Kentucky really only plays six or seven. Rick Barnes notoriously plays a short bench. And so what ends up happening is, listen, this is the nature of, of high-level athletics is you're going to have injuries, you're going to have bumps, you're going to have bruises. Whereas Auburn, you know, I, I, I haven't talked to Coach Pearl in a while, but, but I don't know if this was the plan all along or some guys have surprised them. But they really play about 11 guys. Everybody's bought into a role, which is kind of crazy in this new world of college sports. And so I just bring it up to very simply say that to answer your question directly, Matt, I think they're actually uniquely built to win the league because they play so many guys, because they're not reliant on one guy. Now, can that hurt you in the NCAA tournament when it's a one-possession game and you don't know who you're going to? Yeah, maybe. But for a regular season-type thing, 
I actually think it puts them in very good position uh, to be in there in the end uh, in the SEC. Got two undefeated teams in league play right now. Auburn's one of them. Yep. Alabama is the other. Uh, though uh, Alabama's got Tennessee and Thompson Bowling tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Dalton Connect. I mean, this guy is on sure. is on some kind of a heater. You know, we, we look at a team that's got a lot of experience playing together. You know, guys like Ziegler and Vescovy. But but here's a newcomer in Connect. It was at Northern Colorado the previous two years, and uh, gosh, it's like it's tough to keep them under thirty right now. Yeah, you know, a couple things. One, um, he, first of all, he's awesome. Two, I will say, like, I, so, you know, I'm going to do the thing where I brag about something that, that I said many months ago, but I did pick Tennessee to win the SEC, and I picked them to go to the Final Four in the preseason, and everyone did the, oh, Tennessee in March, wow, way to know, not know the sport, Torres. And it's like, well, actually, the reason I like them is because they have all the pieces of, of teams that have been good, including last year. Remember, they made, don't forget, they made the Sweet 16 last year and were basically a bucket away from beating Florida Atlantic to go to the Elite Eight. But Dalton Connect was a guy that, that listen, am I going to lie and say that I thought he was just going to be putting up 30 points every night? I did not. But even in the preseason, you know, they played one of those charity exhibitions against uh, Michigan State. He put up like 26-28 in that game. And you could see that he brought something to that team that they did not have at, at, at any point, really, really over the last couple of years, not just last season. So, so he is, you know, right now he's probably the SEC player of the year, but I, I think he's also, in terms of like guys that you talk about as X factors on the national scale that could potentially tip a, a you know, a, a team that's Sweet 16 good versus Final Four good. Now, Tennessee and Rick Barnes will have to prove it in March, but but he is the kind of guy wait, that can put you over the top and, and take a good team and make them really good, uh, especially again in, 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 you know, in March and stuff like that. Aaron, I, I want to ask you a football question. Uh, sure. Um, about um, we got Baltimore playing. Oh. What can I say? Okay, yeah, we got Baltimore playing. I thought you were going to ask me if Alabama was going to have a team by the time they, they, they take the field next year. Now, I know they don't play Arkansas, but they might not have a team by the time that they, they get to September. But, but we can talk about whatever you want, but I thought that's where you were going, Matt, right there. Yeah, I I see that. I see Alabama. They they are they have some guys going. I didn't know how how much of a mass exodus it would be because it's, it's up to twenty six it, players. Still, it's still Alabama. Hey, do you think C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year, goes into Baltimore and beats the league MVP Lamar Jackson this week? Is there a chance that could be an upset? So I don't. But what I would also say is I didn't think Jordan Love, as a young quarterback in his first playoff game was going to do what he did in Dallas last weekend. And so, listen, I, I know it's not total apples to apples. Obviously, Baltimore has been a much more consistent organization over the last, you know, seven, eight years, whatever it's been, even longer. Um, but I, I don't. I just think the Baltimore, Baltimore defense is really good. And I remember that, that Christmas night game where they beat the you-know-what out of San Francisco. And, and – that was the game where everybody, oh, Lamar's the league MVP, and, and, and that became the conversation. And I said, if you watch that game, the thing that stood out was the Baltimore defense. And so I think that defense is really elite, and because of it, I don't think C.J. Stroud has much of a chance. I think, I think it's been a great story, but they're a little bit banged up. I mean, this is a team, it's easy to look back to last week, but Joe Flacco throws two pick sixes, and let's be honest, they, they – Barely survived the Week 18 game against Indianapolis to even get there. So I think Baltimore probably rolls in this one. 
see the Chiefs possibly being the team that can pull off a road upset here. But I also think to myself, it's an upset because of the location they're playing in, the weather, I guess. But they just played in sub-zero temperatures against Miami. So what if it's 15 degrees in Buffalo? Uh, you know, they've kind of had they've had the Bills number uh, in the postseason. They could have their number tomorrow. Uh, just because it's in well, Buffalo it, doesn't mean the Bills are going to win this game. I think the Chiefs can pull it off. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, I mean, the Chiefs have two extra days rest. And, you know, Buffalo was supposed to play on Sunday. They don't play till Monday. Now, I know they don't have to travel, whatever. But, you know, with KC, that was kind of a, a, a snoozer against Miami the other night. Uh, I was on air right after that game, and, you know, my only real takeaway was, you know, we spent all week breaking down this game and what about this and what about that and what about this matchup, and it really came down to, if you watch the game, it was pretty clear that Miami wanted nothing to do with that cold weather. So to your point, Phil, you know, I think, uh, you know, um, I think that Kansas City is going to be comfortable in that weather. I think they're comfortable with that team. I do think it's just a question of, you know, if Buffalo is able to move the ball does Kansas City, they, they have the firepower, but we've been talking about the wide receivers all year. I don't think some of the other pieces are as good as they've been in previous years. Obviously, Travis Kelsey has been great, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, that's one, you know, if I was sitting in a sports book in Vegas, I'd probably just grab a cold one and enjoy. I, I, I don't know that I have, like, a super strong opinion, because I think, like you said, Phil, is it really even an upset if the defending Super Bowl champions end up winning this game? I don't think it would be. All right, let, let's finish on on an on a, on something with this. I mean, it's not just the Alabama deal with the transfer portal. It's 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 what's going on this month with sure. the chain of of coaches hirings that really all starts with with Nick Saban leaving Alabama, sure. and and now you have these thirty day windows for Arizona uh, players, for Washington players, San Jose State players. There's other ones like. Uh, uh, South Alabama just lost their coach, you know, and these are it's it's difficult for these teams to pick up players in the portal right now. I I don't know if there's a fix for this kind of a situation because the whole idea of giving giving players a little freedom when their coach leaves makes perfect sense to me. It just ends up somebody's got to get left in the lurch in a situation like this, and I guess it's the programs that lose their coach. They're the ones in the lurch. Yeah, and I you know what I would say about this really quick is everyone to me. Because it's Bama and because Bama fans are complaining, everyone's like, oh, deal with it, Bama fans. But I do understand the frustration of like, hey, it's January 10th. Everyone's poaching our players and we don't have any opportunity unless there's a guy or two at Washington that we want. Like, I, I do I do get that. But, Phil, I also think that, to your point, like, I, I do think there is something to the fact that I don't really think there's anything we can really do about it. I mean, this is a unique situation where a historically great coach has decided to leave. Obviously, you know, literally every guy in that locker room, no matter what they say, came to play for him. Um, and it's, it's really tough. And, and by the way, and the other thing, too, is like there's no, there was no obvious replacement, right? So, like, at Michigan, if Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, they'll probably, uh, uh, you know, hire Sharon Moore, and then a lot of those guys will, uh, will, will probably stay in the program because they know who's in charge and all that good stuff. And so... With Bama, it's just it, it stinks. It's an awful situation, and um, it's um, it, it's one of those where it's like, but what are what are you supposed to do if you if you limit player mobility? We know what's going to happen. We know what the public conversation will eventually become, and so because of it, you know, I don't think there's anything that we I don't think there's anything you can do. I mean, 
we know what the public backlash would be. We know we know that it is probably, by the way, fair for players if they don't want to play for Kalen DeBoer that they should be able to leave. And so it stinks. It's obviously a bigger story because it's Alabama. I think you could probably make the window a little bit smaller, but you have to allow the players to leave. And uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those weird deals, Phil, where I don't think there's a real logical explanation that may or a logical uh, change that makes everybody happy. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. They play more together. Looks like there's, there's an agenda with them this year, and that agenda is to win. Not so sure you felt that way, Lat. You know what I mean? There was kind of happens, you know, and I think their coaching staff's done not a good job, but a phenomenal job. That's Muss on tomorrow's opponent, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Won 11 games last year, and they already have 14 wins this year. So they've definitely done quite a bit better. Brought a lot of players in from the transfer portal, and they're going to be down one of their better players. Uh, Miles Stute, six foot six. Uh, junior is out, not just this game, but their next game with a shoulder injury. So there's two games in a row that uh, one of the guys starting uh, for your opponent is not even available to play. Um, A&M was also down one of their starters on Tuesday. Some some people say it's better to be lucky than good. No uh, kidding. We got a little lucky in that A&M game having their best player out, and we'll take it. Nobody remembers. Nobody goes back and says, well, hey, so-and-so was banged up or so-and-so didn't play. They, they just remember what happened, you know, the final score, and, and it goes down as a WRNL. Michi Johnson, B.J. Mack, and Taylon Cooper would be the three guys that you're going to be paying attention to. And only Johnson was with South Carolina last year. Mack had played three years previously at Wofford. Taylon Cooper had played at Minnesota last year. And for the three years before that, he was at Moorhead State. So it's a team that's rebuilt through the transfer portal, just like Arkansas is too. Uh, Johnson's their leading scorer, 17.3 points a game. He's a 6'2 junior Shoots well from the outside. Stute's their best three-point shooter. So they are down their best three-point shooter for uh, tomorrow's game. Uh, they don't just need Johnson to score. They need either something from Michi Johnson or B.J. Mack. They have scored 20 or more in each of the last two wins for South Carolina. It's not necessarily the highest-scoring team in, in the league. They're averaging 64 points a game against uh, SEC teams. 64 sometimes has been a little difficult for Arkansas to get to, but... Um, I don't know. You got to feel pretty pretty good that they're down there. One of their better players. You get an earlier game. Um, it's at Bud Walton Arena, uh, so yeah, it does feel like must win too, Matt. Because one and four, two and three sounds a heck of a lot better. And considering what you got coming up soon, uh, it's time to defend home court like it's nobody's business. I'm just not sure if this team really, if you want to make the tournament, if you can absorb too many more home losses. Three of our next four after this one are on the road. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, this is a big time, 
big time game. I, I mean, the, the taste is already it already tastes better for getting getting a victory uh, over A and M, and it has a chance to get even sweeter. Gives you back to two and three. You want to see who's going to step up, Phil? Who you you we we I think Mark is uh, is obviously that's the guy. I mean, that's the A player that uh, that we're going to have to lean on. So. Who's the next guy? Does Brazil step up? Does does Devo step up? Does number twenty four step up? I mean, we got a we got an array of guys, selection a group of kids that, that can step up at each each each, each game, and we just got to kind of figure out who that's going to be. We can't keep playing 11, 12 guys. When we do that, the game's not <laughs> not in our favor. You know, we've historically been a program that's played seven or eight guys. We're trying to pare the rotation down. Who has a good game on Saturday or who has a subpar game? I'm not really sure. You know, in this last game, I mean, Layden Blocker had played well at Florida and so had Joseph Pinion. There's only so many minutes to go around. But certainly, I, I think going forward, the, the rotation will probably not expand. I think it's expanded way too much. And, and I've you know, been doing it long enough that the question's going to come, whoever doesn't play on a certain night. Sounds like a coach right now, Matt, that, that, that feels like now's the time to get to where you usually are by now, where you know who your seven or eight players are that you're going to count on. And pretty much, I mean, you had seven players get the bulk of the minutes against A&M. And, and watching that game, I, I kept thinking, especially when A&M started mounting the comeback, I thought Muss would start putting, would start uh, substituting more and, and, and might go to guys that hadn't played just because they had the fresh legs, the lead was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But, you know, he, I think when it comes to principles for Eric Musselman as a coach, he stuck to them as far as how you substitute against the Aggies. And, I mean, it's not to say that if you would have thrown in Pinion or you would have put Blocker in or Graham gets a few more minutes or Makai gets a few more minutes if he doesn't look like he might be putting his hands around the neck of a player, that the lead wouldn't have dwindled. But... I mean, just the way he coached that game by giving the minutes to whomever he gave the minutes to against the Aggies, Matt, he's in that mode now. Like, if you start, you're probably going to get a chance to play a good chunk of the game. Now, one reason that I don't think you had a lot of changes, guys, they didn't turn the ball over very much. I think if you turn it over, you don't defend and turn it over. It's pretty easy to say, this ain't working right now. We're going to try somebody else. They obviously had trouble defending in the second half. Didn't turn it over very much. So, you know, hold on to the ball, defend a little bit. You'll have a chance to stay in the court. I can't imagine he's not starting the same five that beat Texas A&M. Well, yeah, the, the floor spacing I thought was so much better. Uh, Lawson, I think he he has pretty decent hands, so you can throw him the ball. He moves well. He's, he's a force on defense. Uh, the, between those those three, Mitchell and, and Graham and Lawson, you got to kind of stay out of foul trouble as well. You know, somebody might pick up fouls, and, and the other people will have to 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 step up. I, I I really did. I thought the I thought the floor spacing was so much better, uh, especially in that first half against A and M. I thought they passed the ball well. Uh, I, I love Ellis's first step. He can get by you, and you know. Qu- don't 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 ball watch as much and and get by each other and and take it to the hoop. That's the thing they did really well, Phil. Besides not turning the ball over, they kept attacking, and and you saw that in the number of free throws we took. That's that's our advantage. Well, I better get to the foul line too. There's no doubt against uh, against South Carolina. Uh, Carolina allows 13 made free throws a game in league and out of league, so that's really not all that much. 31 made free throws against the Aggies. 
they're not going to get to that level. I just don't see the, I don't see the game being called the same way, and I'm telling you that even without knowing who the officials are. Um, and we get a text in here from Andy in Mountain Home, uh, 877-377-6963 on the McClarty Daniel hotline. And I think this is kind of this is a big topic as far as Arkansas basketball is concerned. When you watch, Andy says he's lost confidence in Devo. doesn't look like things are right in his head right now. And must it address Devo yesterday at his presser? Devo and I have had conversations and we want him to be who he is. We want him to be aggressive. We want him to play with, you know, but certainly don't want anything that'll jeopardize, a, you know, when he's not in the game or gets a technical or gets thrown out, it changes our demeanor and who we are. So we certainly want him to, to and we don't want anybody to get a technical, including me, I guess. <laughs> I love the way that he finishes that. Yeah. You know, make sure, make sure the technicals and the flagrant twos and even the flagrant ones just kind of don't happen. It's tough to win a ball game, really, when there are four, really, I mean, you had three. There was the T on on Makai and then the flagrant two on on Devo. You, you need Devo out there, Phil, I think, to, to win. And, and as you get older, uh, there's a lot of talent. Each, each, each level you go, whether it be junior high to high school to high school to the pro uh, to college, which I guess is pros, uh, and then, you know, college to, to professional, uh, it's more psychological. So you got to get Devo right, whatever, whatever you got to do to have him right. But if Devo on the floor for, for 30 minutes, you, you, for, if we're going to have any success at postseason play and, and winning, uh, he's got to be a guy. He's our leader. He's Mr. Razorback. You got to have Devo right. And your starters played, uh, four of the five starters played 31 or more minutes against Texas A&M. And that's usually what is going on by now with this Arkansas basketball program, it's just I think that's probably the first time in a while that all that, that the starters played. Really, I mean, the only starter that didn't get up to 30 minutes was Chandler Lawson. He played over 27 minutes, so he was out Four there fouls. a ton as well. Yeah, they, they, the, the foul games go, go on there. But I, I'm with you, Phil. I think this that, that lineup of Ellis, Devo, Mark, Brazil, and Lawson, that's, uh, that's, that's the best five, in my opinion, uh, going for now, I'm not saying there's not some help uh, that you you don't have some help on the on the bench, but that's good. You know, you still got Khalif Battle that's instant offense. Pinion can shoot it. Uh, blockers an all around player, so there's still some guys on, on on the bench that can come in and, and and help a little bit. You know, the thing is, is you just never know when somebody's going to get minutes off the bench. Debo picks up two quick much. fouls. You know, right. something happens. Blocker has to play. Same thing with 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 uh, Ellis or something. But Battle has to come in. I mean, it, you, you never know. Well, the way that I see it is blocker replaces Devo if there's foul trouble or you got to take him out. Uh, Manyfield replaces Ellis Mm -hmm. if the same kind of thing happens or if for Uh, some reason Ellis is back in that doghouse that it felt like he was in for the previous seven games. I don't know where Battle fits in right now. I'm not sure if he does fit in right now. Um, Otherwise, I feel like he would have been on the court in some pretty important situations against Texas A&M. Although, I mean, they led just about the entire game. Battle, for me, might now feel like a guy that you're going to if <laughs> if you need a comeback. Because I'm not sure what else he's giving you other than, you know, quick points when he's on. The other, the other guy I like is Davenport. I, I think he's been playing. The, his minutes have been getting better. And, and it's he, he plays downhill, has a great, great-looking shot. Uh, the the other thing is he he's been making the right basketball play more times than not, and you'd like to continue to see that happen. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. I know I previewed this a moment ago, but uh, remember when the Cardinals brought back Albert Pujols and we're all like, ah, we're doing this for nostalgia purposes. That's great. It's been great plays for him to finish his career. It'd be fun watching him strike out a ton. And then he ended up having a great year to go into retirement with. They're hoping the same thing happens with Matt Carpenter. The St. Louis Cardinals have signed Matt Carpenter to a uh, one-year deal for the 2024 season. The same Matt Carpenter that for three out of the past four years, hasn't even made it to the 200 batting average. Uh, he did have a good year a couple years ago with the Yankees, but I think a short right field porch has something to do with that. Um, wow. This, uh, <laughs> it's nostalgic, but is it going to be a lot? Because he will strike out a ton. Well, I don't know how much you're, you're asking him to play, but he's a locker room guy. He's, he's somebody that can, can keep that together, although the Cardinals have one of the best run organizations. Uh, they really do. I'm a Matt Carpenter guy. Uh, I love the fact he didn't use batting gloves. He, he went out there. He kind of old school. Uh, I, I was a big fan of his for years. But Father Time catches up, man, and I just don't know if he still has, has any left in the tank. Yeah, batted a buck 76. But you're bringing around. 76 games last year with the Padres and struck out, uh, was a 67 strikeouts, 188 at-bats, twice the strikeouts of base hits, and not the kind of power that he showed with the Yankees. You're bringing them around for the culture and for the young the young kids to, to show them how to go about it. You know, he's a teacher, he's a leader. So that's, I mean, you see that he's probably, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you're actually thinking He's gonna he's gonna be starting or playing. How many games do you think he plays? You think he plays in fifty games this year? Uh, probably. So I would think fifty, but I think he'll be a pinch hitter in most of those. Yeah. Although you don't have to pinch hit for your pitchers anymore, so uh, I I don't know exactly where he'll fit in. I really don't. But it did uh, definitely catch my eye because I wouldn't have expected the Cardinals to go in that direction here. Um, did you see about this tight end from Miami? Cam McCormick has been granted a ninth year of eligibility to play college football now admittedly of course you get the covid season Uh, in 2020 he was hurt the entire year this is a guy who's played only two full seasons out of i guess it's been he was part of the 2016 uh, incoming class to oregon i mean he came into oregon with justin herbert wow and now herbert is what in his third year as starter in the nfl um so he's been at Miami for just one year. He got into 13 games last season, eight catches. But it's wild to look at, even with the COVID year. And and I guess there's three medical red shirts that are thrown in, along with a, a normal red shirt when he didn't play as a freshman. Um, nine years to play college football? 
That is mind blowing. Well, the 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 key to nowadays, if you're not going to be a, a an NFLer or an NBA or an MLBer, uh, it is it would be to go to college and get hurt for a couple years, and then <laughs> and then stay in for seven years. Find and, a way to make, get hurt so where it does you're not maimed. A hundred percent, you want to redshirt that first year and take your money, and then that second year maybe you, you sprain an ankle and can't, and then you get that redshirt back. I mean, you want to play as much as as long as you can. I mean, there's. It, it felt mind blowing that forget the name of the quarterback at Oklahoma State that Arkansas will face next year. He'll Brandon Weeden, seventh year. No, yeah. I mean this is this is their current. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like having um, Mason Rudolph it's back the, at quarterback with Oklahoma State. It's the Brandon Weeden scholarship. That's right, Chris Winky. Uh, you, you know, you would you would think you see guys that, that are baseball guys. I think it was more popular back in the day, but they'd go if you would get drafted in the you know the first two, three, four rounds where you had a little bit of guaranteed money. Uh, I want to say Co Bart- Bartel, Clay Clay Henry would know. He was a guy that was in in my quarterback class coming into the university, and he uh, uh, he went to to play baseball, and so it was it was Landon Leach, a guy from Russellville. That's that's a guy that was like that. I don't think he went play. I think he had shoulder stuff, but it was one of those jo- deals. Jody and Harrison reminds us of T.J. Hammonds. T.J. Hammonds played six years. At Arkansas, he actually played football in six different seasons at nice. Arkansas. It wasn't that he missed uh, the entire year, but yeah, from 2016 through 2021, T.J. Hammonds uh, was an Arkansas Razorback. But that's six years. That's not nine. <laughs> nine is three more than six. That's just crazy to think of nine. I went back and looked at the rosters of the NFL teams that are still playing in the playoffs right now, Matt. Uh, Cam McCormick is older than 39 current Green Bay Packers. Or the same age. He's either 25 or younger. He is the same age or, or, or older than 24 49ers, 21 Bills, 30 Bucks, 37 Chiefs, 28 Texans, and 29 Ravens. Mm. I mean, he would be, he would be, he wouldn't be one of the old guys, but he'd be about right at the median age of, uh, of most players that are currently still active on NFL rosters in the postseason. Is he any good? That's that would be. I don't my, think so. Yeah, that would be my question. Is he any good? Well, you got to be athletic, I guess. If you're recruited to Oregon and then end up going to Miami, There's I guess he's got the there. size. Yeah, it's just wild to think about nine years of college sports. You're supposed to get five years to complete four seasons, and, and this is something that maybe happens moving forward. You could you could end up seeing, I think, blanket five years. Do what you do in those five years. The pandemic and, and what happened in 2020, like that's the anomaly. That, that's, that's the reason why you see these nine years, you know, why KJ's been around for six and, and, uh, and Hammonds. I mean, that's why TJ Hammonds was able to play one more year because he played in 2020. That's the thing that'll change, but it'll still feel crazy if even without the pandemic, this kid would have gotten eight years to play college football. Will it, will it be crazy when Devo comes back for his COVID year next year? <laughs> I wonder if he will. There's, there's, there's something going on there with Devo that just I think it's frustrated that, that just they're not very feel good. Right? Yeah, I think there's a little frustration that that uh, the he he you can tell that the team this isn't you know this is just an average team. You know? Well, that's an interesting way to look at it, Matt, because he's been part of four previous or three previous Eric Musselman teams. Um, and so he's been there for those moments where you're like, all right, well, we're having a rough start to January. How are they going to find a way to turn this around? And it always got turned around. Maybe in his mind, he's, you know, he, I mean, he would know the guys around him better than we would. He would know 
uh, you you just, know, how to compare the current makeup of the roster and what has felt like a lack of chemistry at times comparatively to the previous three years. So that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, in his mind, maybe he's got his mind made up about what this team is like after two and a well, half the, months. Yeah, and the message needs to be, hey, man, this is this is the best it's at, it's going to be. Man, these these games right here, these opportunities are the biggest basketball games you're going to play in in your life because he's not an NBA guy. He he can make a living playing basketball. He can go to Istanbul. You know, he can go to Australia. He can go somewhere, and he's talented enough to make a living, but he's this is it, you know, so take advantage of this. Enjoy this opportunity. I mean, enjoy these. You What, what do we get, 14 more opportunities that are guaranteed to you? Go out there and have fun because the truth is Devo is one of the best basketball players on the floor every night he's out there. If, and so you just got to get him right. But, but if he's out there in the SEC, all the talents you got, he is absolutely one of the best players on the team. I also remember last year you went from him sitting on the end of the bench with a towel over his head in the last game in Maui. Fast forward to March and Eric Musselman and Devo are having a love fest on national television hey, on camera Devo, after beating Kansas. Remember he called a timeout on his own? And he's like, Devo has that right. He can call a timeout on his own. Who knows what it'll be like in March. You know what? First, you got to get to March. All right, Matt. 28 days until Arkansas baseball. Who's the first 28 that comes to well, mind for you? Y- you got Sparky Hamilton, a former teammate of mine. Uh, Fred Taylor, uh, one of the best running backs uh, that I've ever ever played with. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Marshall mm-hmm. Falk. Running backs is what come to mind. Curtis uh, Martin. Uh, yeah. I mean, 20, that's a, it's a running back, running back friendly number. I saw Cur- Curtis Martin was at the Steelers-Bills game in Buffalo. He's from Pittsburgh. He's from, I went to high school with him for one was year. Was he a Jet and like a Patriot? He, yeah, drafted by the Patriots second round. And then I don't remember if he was traded to the Jets. I think it was a trade to the Jets and starred there. Never, never made it to a Super Bowl, though. Dude looks like he could still play. Yeah. So those running backs are, are are cut from a different cloth. Feel those. I mean, oh my goodness. Well, he was he was a guy that stayed away from major injuries. He he just kind of, I don't know. I mean, do you just know how to get hit? He just sort of glanced kinda off, kind of like him. an Eddie George kind of like style. I'm trying to think. Not Ricky, quite as big. Ricky but he was Waters, slippery. like a Ricky Waters, maybe. I, I remember Curtis being able to catch the ball out of the backfield too. Before you know, it's nowadays. Phil, to be a running back, you have to be able to catch the ball. Uh, out of the backfield, they throw it to the running back so much. Well, I love it. So in my freshman year, Taylor Alderdice High School was Curtis Martin's senior year at Taylor Alderdice High School. It was the only year he played high school football. His mom wouldn't let him play until that last year. And I think the coach, uh, a gentleman named Mark Whitgardner, who also was our baseball coach, uh, he knew football better than baseball. I think he convinced mom, you know what? We all know Curtis is a great athlete. Let's see where this football thing takes him. And it took him to Canton. So that's, that's the first 28 that comes to my mind. But then again, Adrian Peterson would probably come to some other people's mind first. Um, so let's see. I heard on the morning rush today, Ty asked a question. What would happen if a foul ball is headed right to the booth and Phil screams like a child? I would like to have Ty have a catch with me Sunday and see who is screaming like a child when we're doing that. Does he even have a glove? Can he even throw a ball that's not big and round and orange and shot with one hand? So we can do that at some point, and we'll see who's screaming like a little kid. Because I've caught three foul balls during broadcast before, just not at Razorback games, because you can't have a ball get into the booth at Boehm. It's almost impossible. But I've caught three foul balls during games. How many basketballs have you caught at basketball games you have been sitting there, Ty? I knew the answer was zero. 
Yeah, I mean Ty. Ty is the resident athlete, right? He's oh, the young. He's the young kid out there. That's he's the. Yeah, that's exactly right. Always comparing what's going on to the Arkansas basketball team with what he did in high school too. Um, so I was just checking this out too. You know, we brought it up yesterday. Brett Dolan's in Hawaii, just like on a whim. Just I saw. I ended up seeing that that tweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he toured um, toured Pearl Harbor yesterday in the USS Arizona. I've exhibit. done that one. I've not been there. I'd yeah. like to go see that. It's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. It's it's kind of like a throwback, uh, you know. And, and those for, for for me, anyways, going on those things, they're so small. You know, it's just just kind of compact. I was looking around at some of the SEC baseball schedules. Um, the guys at D one baseball have an SEC extra that you can subscribe to, and it's worth it. Um, Arkansas plays zero non conference road games. There's only one other team in the league that's doing that, and that's Tennessee. And there are some schools that are actually playing a lot of road games, non-conference. Ole Miss actually goes to Monroe. They go to Arkansas State. They'll play in Jonesboro. Like, you will find the Razorbacks playing in Jonesboro over Dave Van Horn's cold, dead body. That will never happen. Ole Miss, they're going there. They go there on a routine basis. Same with Monroe. Arkansas would never play at Monroe. And these are two these are two places that routinely sell out their ballparks. Though Arkansas's park is bigger than Ole Miss. You know where Ole Miss is opening their season though? Hawaii. They're playing four games against the the Rainbow Warriors in Honolulu. The Rainbow State. Aloha. Yeah. Aloha. There we Wouldn't go. Wouldn't it be a fun place to just open up the baseball season while everybody else is complaining about how the weather sucks in the United States for college baseball mid February? You're at a Hawaii is just fine. Yeah, you're like I'm at a luau, about to go play some baseball. Absolutely, good, good, good for them. Hope they lose all four games and enjoy it while they're doing it too. Uh, by the way, uh, Missouri plays nine road games non-conference because who wants to travel to Columbia to play baseball? Nobody, not even the Tigers, really. Especially early in the season, huh? Absolutely. So, I mean, they're going on there. I think they're in California for their first three weeks. So, Mizzou is like the mo- is the northernest team. In all of Southern baseball, because they will go on the road for two, three weeks without even a home game until March. Uh, kind of wild. Got a question about the baseball team from Jordan and Green Forest on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 877-377-6963. Wanted to know about Cody Frank and Dylan Carter, both relief pitchers. Frank had the, uh, I guess it was a, it was like I don't know if it was a pectoral injury. I think it was a it was a it was the connector between the pectoral and the and the shoulder. They had that injury, and he's ready to go. Um, I know he's. I think they're going to count on him to be exactly what they thought he would be last year, which is a bridge guy from starter to closer that can maybe give you two or three innings if you need it. But he's ready to go. Dylan Carter from Bentonville, who emerged last year big time before uh, had to get shut down with the UCL tear. I know he's throwing off a mound. I know he's way ahead of schedule because usually you think that takes a year. Um, but I don't think they're counting on him right now. So he's he's going to he's just going to rest and well, not rest. He's going to build himself up. And hopefully by, I don't know, at some point. Mid-season, he's, he's ready to go on the pitcher's mound. It's already a deep bullpen, but I don't know if you can ever have too much depth. Um, other baseball notes that don't have anything to do with the Razorbacks. I saw today the Naturals have uh, announced that they're going to have an exhibition game against the Kansas City Royals on March 25th at Arvest Ballpark. That doesn't happen every year, so it's kind of cool. Even though the Royals really aren't any good, but... They're big leaguers. They're big leaguers, exactly. And... Um, 
I, I worked for the Travelers for 14 years. You know how many times we got the Angels to come in and play us? None. Yeah. They didn't do it then. So uh, it's just neat when, when, you know, the affiliates actually treat their minor league affiliates like they mean something to them. And I think the uh, Royals view the Naturals as that. And there is a new Fort Smith summer collegiate baseball team that is opening up this year. It's just for college players in the summer. And they announced their name yesterday. They're going to be the Marshals, which I think fits perfectly for Fort Smith, which is the home of the U.S. Marshals Museum. Yeah, the Marshall Tucker, Tucker van. That too. Yeah. You know where the uh, the stadium is too. It's over No, where by, is that park, Will? So it's right it's right down by the Arkansas River. That's cool. Yeah, hey, can you hit cool. a ball into the river? Yes, That's, I think always, you can. I think you can something actually. like that. Now, only thing I'm concerned about is like if we have another another one of those floods like we had a couple years back, the whole the whole park is getting like smoked you're not getting it back so hopefully we don't have any one of those problems again. yeah those hundred year floods seem to happen on a little <laughs> bit uh more routine basis than 100 years there is a ballpark in davenport iowa that's in a worse situation than that that's the home of the quad cities river bandits and they play at john o'donnell stadium which is right on the mississippi river and it floods there quite a bit You've, i mean you can look it up they have some wild photos of the field completely engulfed by the Mississippi River. And they still play there. I mean, they haven't moved away. I don't understand that at all. Uh, Scott asked about the minor leagues. Is this a minor league team? It's not a minor league team. This is kind of like, so it's not really the same team. They won't play against them, I would think, but it is the same level, the Savannah Bananas. You know, that that's a, they started, and I don't know if they're still playing this too often, they started as a summer collegiate team you know just like guys that play college ball they gotta go they want to go play ball in the summer and that's where they go do it wooden bats uh so i know this is a league that's you know really regional arkansas oklahoma texas might have a couple of the other states that are around us that will be part of this so it's not the minor leagues um i don't know if you'd you'd even call it semi-pro i don't think these kids get paid to play there i think it's a spot for them to go play and and hone their craft so that'll that'll be pretty cool and I think it would, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's something to do in the summer and you know, something for Fort Smith to take some pride in. So, yeah, the name Marshalls is cool, though. Always thought that uh, 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 any team name should have something to do with the city or the region that it's located in. The Naturals, the Natural State seems to fit. The Travelers, the Arkansas Travelers, a legend in this state, seems to fit. Marshalls and Fort Smith, I mean, that goes together like nachos and cheese, Matt. There's a new sheriff in town. There is a new sheriff in town. Joey and Rogers asked about uh, the USL club coming to Rogers because Matt's a big soccer fan. USL is a little different because that is the minor leagues, right? You, you get Liverpool against Bortmouth on Sunday. I'll be watching that. But we're going to the World Cup, Phil. We're starting the train. It's started. We're, we're, we're showing up to the party. I like it. We're getting a two-year head start on a sponsorship for the two of us to head to Dallas for the World Cup final let's in 2026. Talk, and let's talk a little soccer, man. Kevin DeBriner is going to be fit England. Is, do you, have you seen Hey Jude Bellingham and what he's doing at Real Madrid? I have not. This young midfielder, you got Declan Rice there too. England, if they figure out their back four, ooh, England's going to be tough. They could, they could win it this time. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Talking with Neil Atkinson from Bet Sarazen. Neil, it's always good to talk to you, man. We got a big weekend of sports coming up, and uh, absolutely looking forward to it. Well, you know, Matt and I last weekend were talking uh, were talking about how much fun Super Wild Card Weekend is. You get good games Super Wild Card Weekend, but generally it seems you get better games the divisional weekend. It seems that the divisional games usually are the best weekend of the entire NFL playoff season. So uh, here we are. We got some good ones. Uh, good ones ready to go. Oh, yeah. And uh, a couple of these games got me nervous because – you know, I, I kind of like it when there's more games because I could, you know, as a bookmaker, I, I'm i more interested in spreading my risk all across the, the different betting ones. And when we get to the divisional and then the, the conference playoffs, uh, there's going to be a decision and, 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 and somebody's going to come out on top and it's either going to be the player or the book. So, uh, yeah, they, these make me nervous. You know, it's really, really good volume. Uh, it, it's incredible seeing the difference between last year and this year, the amount of, amount of bets that we're taking in the different sports that are – that that are lined up, but um, I mean, this weekend is it, it, you know has some opportunity for the betters out there. Um, I, I think a little bit more so on Sunday than there is on Saturday, but uh, you know that's just the way I'm seeing them. Um, tell me about some of what's going on already, because I mean, you've already had this year uh, the national championship game, the Final Four in college football, the bowl games. I mean, it's just like you're starting off the year with basically the biggest things to to uh, bet on sports outside of the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, these it's been a, a couple of huge oh, weeks and pretty much the whole month of January into February is like that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, our number one most bet sport right now in the month of January is going to be basketball. It is basketball. The uh, main reason is there's just more games, you know. Um, you know, there's all games throughout the week, but... If you break it down, college basketball still is king here in Arkansas. It's about 27, 28% of everything that we write, followed closely by the NFL, which, you know, we've been basically in the last weekend of the regular season and in the playoffs. That's 26 point, uh, another 26%. So over half is, is college basketball and in, in, in NFL. And then right after that, about 16% of our business is the NBA. So the bowl games. You know, we only really had three days of bowl games. Um, uh, you had the first, I think there was one other game on the second, and then you had uh, the national championship game. And even with just three days of, of college football, um, it, it's, it's about 14% of the month's business. So, um, 
yeah, you know, those are the top four right now. And that's the ones that you would think. Uh, but just to show you that how we're probably one of the fewest, the only state where college basketball is the most bet sport. Because um, mm. uh, usually it's, it's the pro teams. Is that mostly on Arkansas? Or is that is that SEC uh, basketball, or is it is it college basketball overall that gets so much attention in the state? I know the Hogs, but uh, is oh, yeah. it regional or is it national? No, it's going to be it's going to be regional. Okay, our number one most bet game this 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 year on ba- college basketball was Georgia versus Arkansas. Right there on its heels was 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 Tuesday night's game, um, Arkansas versus Texas A and M. And then Arkansas versus Auburn was the next one. And then we've got a little outlier out here. This is a weird one. Wright State versus the Green Bay Phoenix. Uh, That's the fourth. But I think we had one of our high rollers uh, uh, kind of fire away at that one. And then after that, you've got uh, Michigan versus Ohio State. And then you've got Tennessee versus Florida. So those are the biggest college basketball games that have been bet so far uh, this year. And with the top three being dominated by Arkansas, uh, you know, that's what you would think. Who knew the Ohio Valley Conference was so popular here in the state of Arkansas once Little Rock joined that league? That's kind of wild. I want to ask about yeah. the uh, the Chiefs-Bills game. Buffalo mm-hmm. is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home in this crazy weather. KC played in that weather, too. Now, I don't know where the line started, um, but how much has that moved over the course of this week? And does the weather have anything to do with the line being so close? I, I don't think the weather does as much. I mean, I just just looked at the forecast. It's supposed to be uh, compared to last those games last week. Uh, they may be out there in their uh, in their swimming trunks. It's going to be uh, I think twenty five degrees and 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 partly sunny. Uh, but of course, you know the temperature go down. You know because I, I don't think that game starts at five o'clock. So um, you know there's really not a whole lot that that affected that game. I mean, if you look at that game on Monday. Uh, where, where, where they moved it from Sunday. I mean, that field uh, had so much snow on it, and they were showing it on Sunday. And that field looked like any other day except snow on the sidelines and in the stands. And, and that game, you know, had some scoring in it. So, you know, the weather, I think, uh, on, on this one, I don't think the weather's going to uh, play a whole lot of that one. And, and this, this, to me, is the most competitive game. Uh, of, of the four of the four games that we've got this weekend, and it's the one I want to watch the most too. Well, as far as the Arkansas South Carolina game goes, uh, you know, one of the things that's really interesting and even kind of funny uh, is to look at some of the prop bets that are put out there. I know Dumbledore does some of these too, and it's because you mm-hmm. you don't really know who's going to play or who's going to get the minutes. And I just can't imagine there are too many prop bets that involve. Well, here's for instance. Layden blocker over half a point and over four and a half minutes. It's minus 110. You know, I mean, you've got Makai Mitchell over two and a half points over one and a half blocks plus 175. You know, now, now maybe it's a matter of I haven't read every, every prop bet in Arkansas basketball yeah. games that have been played this year, but you get Chandler Lawson over two and a half points over three and a half defensive rebounds. These are small numbers. But it's mm-hmm. also, you know, if you are like we throw around, who's going to play? Who's going to play? Who's going to get the minutes right. and all of this? That's what this is all about. We don't know. I know. Wonder if the betters know. They don't. Uh, they don't either. And you know what we had to do is is that we started using we were using the the full year statistics, and once we got the conference play, we started only using SEC and conference play statistics uh, for, for these averages for the double R's. So, um, and and. 
coming on last Tuesday, more double R's hit than have hit any other week uh, since basketball season has started. So the players that bet the double R's last week, they did pretty good. Now, two players that were on the double R's last week did not play, so all of that money's refunded. You will never get dinged if the player never enters the game, but if they do enter the game, it's a live bet. The double R specials, if you look at, a, at our bet breakdown, um, you know, the cool thing about the double R's is that they hit our board as one of our more popular things that we bet. I think it's number is, is like number six. Um, and, and again, it's that those double R's are only uh, around Arkansas basketball. So it goes to show you how much attention is being brought to that. And, and, and that's after straight bets against the spread, money line, over and under. And, uh, and, and then the double R's are right there on the hill on the bet type. Because uh, it's a special, so we put it in its own uh, different category. But yeah, um, those double R's, you do get some opportunity, especially if they get hot. And uh, like I said last Tuesday, the betters did very well on them. I know you got UFC uh, 297 uh, tomorrow. Uh, how popular is UFC betting on Bet Sarazen? Because you got every fight there. Um, this has yeah. obviously become a really popular sport uh, across the country and across the world. But how popular is it on Bet Sarazen? It, it is it is it is real popular. Let me look see where it, where it hits on here. It's 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 further down. It's it's like our I think it's it's below uh, golf and it's below soccer just this month alone. Uh, of course, we haven't had a lot of events. Now, when somebody like Bryce Mitchell is in a fight, we have a huge spike. But the UFC is kind of funny. It depends on what else is going on that weekend. We have our core following, but when we're, when, we don't, when we're not having a weekend where there's a big sporting event, you know, like, like the, the playoffs and, and bowl games and things like that, we see a little bit more there. But, you know, right now, um, just, it just seems everybody's focus is on college basketball, the NFL, and the NBA right now. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.